just for folks at home, I'm I'm totally just bombarding Brennan in text so that uh, I'm distracting him when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to do so. It uh, is making fun of Brennan is one of the great funs. <laughs> He's so good natured, though. It's true. Welcome to D and D Dads, an advice show where two dads answer your role playing questions. I'm your dad, Brennan Taylor, and I have written literally hundreds of fate aspects. I'm your dad, J.R. Blackwell, and I just love being powered by the apocalypse. So, Jr., what is your big dad energy this week? Oh, my big dad energy is going to the grocery store and buying chocolates that I'm hiding from my two-year-old. Uh, she actually saw them and was like, what are these, mama? And I was like, ha, 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 those are nothing. And then I hid them. <laughs> The nice so, thing uh, about having a yeah. two-year-old is that, you know, all you have to do is put it up somewhere that's relatively high. That's true. To hide they, them. It's true. It's true. When, when it's your true. kids are in their 20s, hiding stuff is much more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's true. They, they've, they've reached a height. And also, they can read words on the package. <laughs> that's <so>. right. <laughs> that's also, it's an advantage I'm going to lose soon, and I'm aware of it. <laughs> So what's your big dad energy this week? Well, uh, my kids have started to nag me about my diet. <gasps> it's the opposite of mine. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I was recently diagnosed uh, with diabetes, and now the kids are super concerned about with what I eat. So, probably more concerned than I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> they adore you. I know. I, I think that's why they're worried about me. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet, though. <laughs> <laughs> my my daughter isn't worried about me yet. Uh, she <laughs> she steals my food off my plate. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a guest for this um, this episode. Uh, our guest this time is Rob Donahue. He's a dad and a role playing game designer, best known for his work on the Fate System, and he's a founder of Evil Hat Productions. Hey, dads. hey, hello, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to insert, uh, Brendan, your kids are awesome. Um, you know <laughs> that, but it, this is just something that needs to be stated at regular intervals. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That that's uh, that's you know that helps my dad cred for sure. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to totally hijack for just a moment and say. Uh, I know this because when they were both very young, he brought them to conventions and I taught them how to do a bump and distract to pick someone's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> My children never shared this information with me. That is because they're awesome. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> that is great. But so now they're have, all old and stuff. It's it's really very disturbing. They are, yeah. It is it is it is very weird for me too to have adult children at this point. So, uh, 
I mean, they still live with me, so yeah. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any big dad energy this week, Rob? Yeah, you know, my big dad energy is I, I, I delved back into World of Warcraft to bring uh, my kid along. And oh. what I do with him. So uh, he, he's 10 and he really likes the fighting stuff and less the stopping and reading quest stuff. So we'll see how this all plays out. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a lot of grinding, so... I, I admit I've I've sort of like all right we'll just pick up all the heirloom gear and speed up all the XP stuff come on let's just let's get through it as fast as we can right <laughs> this is exciting to have three dads at very different ends of the dad journey like <laughs> it's true adult child the the ten year old zone and the two year old zone this is these are these are very different dad places so. We have a lot of dad perspectives this week. <laughs> I think it's, so. It's true. And we're very much on different places on the sleep spectrum, I think. Yeah, mine pretty much leave me alone at night, which is pretty awesome. So. <laughs> you know, for you, it's mornings, I suspect, that are more of the issue. Uh, no, it's it's them moving around at midnight or two in the morning. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's where uh, that's where I would get, you know, problems because they're still up in the morning. They're they're blissfully asleep. So you know. <laughs> that's your time. That's my time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time. Yeah, dad time. <laughs> cool. Well, we brought you onto the show to talk about gaming, Rob because you are uh, you have a lot of uh, credits in that area. Um, that's that's a very strange sort of praise, but thank you. <laughs> well, you've you've written a lot of my favorite games, so we'll put okay. it that way. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, You're good taste. So I, I, feel, I feel like that is a, <laughs> that is a compliment. Um, but one of the th questions that we have is uh, if if I've got a group how do I find the right game to play with them? And I think that's something that you might be uh, equipped to help us answer. Oh, I, I may have some opinions. It's, it's true. <laughs> so I, I, I could just jump right in with every please. single thing that is a pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so right off the bat, the, the first issue is almost always time because we're all old and we've got jobs and the amount of time we've got to, you know, it, we're not the kids up till two o'clock in the morning knocking around anymore. We got to squeeze it into a reasonably small window of time. We've got to, so we got to pick a game that can be run in an evening, can be run with a potentially erratic crew of folks showing up because consistency is not really a watchword of, of grown-up gamers. Um, so it's got to pick up quickly. It's got to produce a good night's play in reasonably short time, and it's got to be flexible enough that you can drop people in and out. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a that's a tall order, um, and it gets even crazier. I start talking to people. For me, at least, it's like okay, I at least have a, a game shelf that's got a million games on it. So just process of elimination, I, I eventually find the ones that work reasonably well. But I also have people who are like, yeah, I really like to play D and D when I was younger, but. I don't know how I could possibly get into that now. And I'm like, okay, what, what could you play? And the answer, the list of answers is shorter than it should be. Um, because to be honest, 
a lot of really fantastic games do not fit this space very well. Hmm. Uh, for example, I love Mies Empowered by the Apocalypse, but a lot of the implementations of it are sort of designed to really kick in after they've been going for a while. Uh, and that's great when it happens, but not an option I have a lot. Yeah, so the uh, the optimal point for them is after six uh, sessions or so, is what I've heard. Yeah, I've for... even heard as much as 12, and I'm like, nope, nope, I, I, yeah. I can't commit to 12 anything. Well, that can be a tall order for sure. Um, though weirdly, the uh, this is actually one of the things that's been very interesting about the, as an aside, the legacy board game format, because... In theory, when you pick one of these up, like, like Pandemic Legacy or uh, Legacy or the like, it's only got 12 or so plays in it because you're altering it and using it up, uh, which is fewer than in the normal case of the game. But I'm actually more likely to go through all 12. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's more likely to hit the table just because you've got some uh, some investment in it, I think. Exactly. So there's something driving it forward. Um, and that's uh, that's sort of what points to the games that actually uh, end up being very playable in this way. Um, the ones that have very constrained action uh, tend to work out. Uh, so it's impossible to not call out D&D. I mean, yes, there are ways to play D&D that don't work this way, but D&D as just the, hey, we're going to just take a quick dungeon, go in, kick down some doors, kill some monsters, get some treasure, call it a day. You can wrap that up pretty quick, especially if everyone is already very familiar with D&D and in the right frame of mind. So um, can't can't ignore that as a possibility. Um, I unfortunately can't really argue for fate in this space. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can do it in a three-hour session, but that's because I wrote it, and that helps a lot. Um, I think it... Fate, like Powered by the Apocalypse, rewards the investment over time in a lot of ways, and, and in the, it rewards the character-driven play, and that's, you can do pickup. I mean, I love uh, doing It's Not My Fault. That's what that's designed for, and I think if we lean a little further into that design space, we'll be able to do some stuff with it. But, you know, just pulling Fate off the shelf and saying, hey, we're going to do a thing. Oh, God, well, what thing? And by the time you figure that out, you've eaten up your entire window. So specific implementations of Fate? Yes. Uh, fate in general, which is in turn paradoxical because Spirit of the Century is the exception to this because that's exactly what it was designed to do, was run a game that could be picked up very quickly with a rotating cast of characters, all members of the, the Century Club, um, and just pick up and go. And I'm not entirely sure why we moved away from that. Huh. Mm. I may have to walk my brain back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um i gotta plug blades in the dark uh it's uh it's nature it's heist based nature makes it very easy for pick up and play kind of stuff i enjoy it a lot for that you just do a job you do a little downtime it eats two to three hours really good for that uh weirdly dusk city outlaws which has a lot of similarities to uh blades in the dark but also interesting differences similarly fits in that space care gen is really fast the jobs are actually pre-written but very well designed um, so it picks up and plays really fast it's almost as if heists and this sort of play work fantastically well together right, right. Um, uh i tried tech recently and i i'll tell you one thing it really had going for it is 
it's framing mechanism for the GM of building a, a network of connections and, and pressure and things that people want is a really good prompt for creating adventures. Uh, however, the game also shows its age a little bit. Uh, I think there's not quite enough pressure within the map, but it's one of those pieces of technology that now that I've dusted off, I, I really want to try again and, and see if we can figure out a way to bring it up to the to this century. Welcome to D&D Ads, where we talk about our sponsor for the week. Who are we talking about this time? This time we're talking about Bully Pulpit Games. And I, I could not be like a bigger fangirl of Bully Pulpit Games. I don't know, maybe I could. <laughs> maybe I, see, you could. Here's, here's the thing, uh, because there's so many fans of these outstanding games um, that uh, probably there are people who are out fan me, but um, I'm constantly trying to play it cool whenever I'm around Jason and Steve so that they don't know um, what a giant goofball I am. Like, like yeah, so, oh yeah. So you're not screaming not... and painting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm at a Beatles concert. Um, so, well, in the 60s uh yeah. so yeah so i'm i've been playing it cool for a really long time and um uh and so but but i think now it's time for me to come clean like that um i'm just a massive fangirl if i see if i see that uh jason is running a game somewhere um i'm i i will i will fight someone to get on that sign-up sheet <laughs> but then pretend that i'm not um i'm really not that uh i'm not i'm, I'm just cool whatever like i don't care but uh right. <laughs> what's your favorite game of theirs oh geez you know i i was really lucky that i got to play um the lesser player's tale which is um was uh created by jason morningstar and lizzie stark um, which uh, you can get to from the Bully Pulpit Games uh, website, uh, where it, it, which won um, a competition at Festival, which is a Danish game competition. And it's so weird, uh, so wonderful. It's where you put on a play called The Lusty Queen, and it's an, it happens over several acts. And um, in, in a everyone dies it's very great it's great what can i say it's awesome sounds shakespearean I played, I, so. it was very shakespearean um i played the clown and uh cried real tears so that was fun for me that's great um i'm also like i did the cover for juggernaut which is a bully pulpit game which is a live action game about like free will and the Korean war and seeing the future and technology and, you know, what knowing the future could do to people. It's, uh, which uses, a, a soundtrack in order to tell the story and cards. It's bananas. It's beautiful. And, um, I was incredibly impressed by the game. And then Jason asked me to create the cover of it, which was even, you know, Higher praise. Do you have a favorite game from the Bully Pulpit collection? Go 
real plain vanilla and say fiasco is my favorite really public game um uh there are classics that are classics for a reason. right <laughs> <laughs> right because i've had so many great sessions of that game uh it, it's it's an amazing an amazing uh game where you play people who are uh totally incompetent executing stupid plans brilliantly so you know what i love about fiasco is if you've had somebody who's maybe played like more traditional games for a long time you know more mainstream games they've played like D D and maybe mage and vampire and you want to introduce them to just something totally different um i think fiasco is one of those really cool games that can be that like gateway game um, into other indie games that are maybe a little bit outside of what people have heard of before. And that sure. like you can sit down and you can play it in one or two hours. Um, you're not necessarily committing to like a big, huge idea. It still has some game elements that people would be familiar with, but it's also it like it splashes you into like a bigger world and like opens your brain, which is yeah i think what we want and that's the kind of stuff that bully public is putting together you know is things that really press on the boundaries of uh traditional ideas of role-playing games right agreed it's like what's a game what's a performance what's you know right um yeah it's like it's it's definitely art <laughs> yeah it's definitely art and i think it's it's this beautiful um experimental yet like meticulously designed yeah absolutely so i'm going to plug what they wanted us to plug now oh <laughs> <laughs> which is their I patreon patreon.com slash bully pulpit games uh no spaces or uh dashes or anything uh and what they're doing there is sort of releasing little game ideas uh that you may or may not you know they may or may not be able to fulfill uh their their promise but uh are just cool i you know cool glimpses into their design philosophy and what they're doing uh with like smaller stuff and, and um in my experience, uh, bully pulpit game in, that's in progress um, is still a brilliant bully pulpit game. <laughs> <laughs> they, I've play tested many, and they are still fun. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> and tell them your dad sent you. <laughs> Interesting. So these are all, yeah, uh, games that have fast character generation is another thing that you were mentioning exactly um and this is why this is why weirdly i think as much as the default powered by the apocalypse expects a long arc i actually feel like the engine could support short short arc play if Ooh. someone decided to do it that way um, one of the interesting things i found and this is like sort of a paradox within uh, powered by the apocalypse is that I feel like one of the things that keeps it from being a good long-term game for me is that I feel like some of the moves get used up. Uh, that is, a move is like is really interesting and you explore some options with it, but after it's hit the table 10 or 12 times, it's not really grabbing your interest anymore. 
Um, mm. But if the moves were designed to be used up, if they were one and done and, and something changes and, and it gets replaced by something else, I feel like you could probably do a really fast and interesting game that way. I thought about uh, Powered by the Apocalypse like that. So that's really that's a really interesting take on it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, Vincent and I see the world very differently, mm. but uh, it is sometimes a, a very fruitful disconnect. Mm. So would you advise things like that that are one shots to groups to to try out and play? Like I think one yeah, one shots are one shots are a great way to try something out. The thing is, so here here's the problem you're going to run into is that if you can get the group together, they mm -hmm. probably want something. Mm. They I don't I don't know any group that is like we just generically want the game, <laughs> right? Uh, so there, there's someone wants some particular thing, and you, and you end up facing the question of all right, well, how close can I come to the thing that they are looking for? Um, and Powered by the Apocalypse is pretty good in that regard, um, especially Urban Shadows and Monster of the Week. I, I find those two are both pretty solid for uh, more constrained play. Um, they can go longer if you need to, but you can get a lot done in two or three episodes of, of those. And so if someone wants to play World of Darkness, you point them at that. If someone wants to play D&D, well, there's D&D. And uh, actually, and Strauss is about to release the... Uh, a D&D-ish power, uh, powered by the dark, uh, whatever the heck we call the engine, I don't remember, uh, system. And I'm, uh, I'm chomping at the bit because Strauss is a genius, and uh, I can't wait to see that Blades in the Dark kind of structure applied to dungeon crawling. So uh, go ahead and tell us uh, a little more about Strauss so that we know. Uh, Strauss is the designer behind um, Scum and Villainy, and Band of Blades, both of which are uh, variants on Blades in the Dark. Uh, however, Strash is also someone who I, I've met at, at Metatopia in the Dexcon and is just one of those people who is just absolutely brilliant to talk to um, with their design. Their game design ideas are like anything Strash does, I am interested in picking up a copy of. Simple as that. Cool. So I had a question for you, which is what if you have a group that we've talked a lot about groups that like, what if they can only get together here and there, people might drop in, drop out, being able to run like a tight game. What if you have a super committed group that will be there every time and is in it for the long haul? Do you, have a, that you, do you have a game that you're like, this is the game for that group that you'd recommend? Oh man. That, okay. Aside from the fact that I would just die of jealousy in the face of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, it's weirdly, it's kind of like in board gaming, there are, are board games that I recognize are fantastic and wonderful, and I would love to play if I ever had hours to burn, which I will never have, um, but I recognize that they are brilliant. I think that, that there are a couple RPGs that sort of fall into that same category. Like, that is the point at which I go, hey... There are some really fantastic generational games floating around out there, ones that, that really let you build into the setting and, and do it over time. And we're talking classics like Ars Magica or um, even uh, some of the, the recent stuff like, oh, God. Um, well, Scum and Villainy's got some fun things. I'm, I'm literally looking at the shelf as I speak. Um, 
Oh God, City of Mists. That's the yeah. one. That's the one. That's that. That's one that is is literally the that game is so big I cannot get my brain around all of it. But if you gave me the time, that's the one I would dig into. I think. Interesting. Yeah, that one. Uh, it's it's beautiful looking. I've 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 seen uh, some of the. Uh, but it's uh, huge. Yeah, it's gigantic. Also, yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's the rub is I, I'm definitely seeing a whole lot of games like that these days. I mean, like the Spire is amazing. Um, Harlem Unbound is this huge, fantastic book. Um, Hulk, the new Over the Edge is is giant. I I, I feel like I'm I'm getting buried under textbooks these days. <laughs> so that's the problem. Is even though I've got that group, I'm like ah, I'm not even sure I can get through all of these with with uh, with just one group. Right. Yeah, cool. It's rough. Wow. We're living in a golden age. I, it sounds like age. it. I mean, you, you had some great advice here. Right? Uh, lots of lots of cool games um, that I think some people may not have even heard of before. So uh, I think that's great to. Uh, yeah, I think that's great to uh, continue to get those out there. Just for folks at home, I'm, I'm totally just bombarding Brennan in text so that uh, I'm distracting him when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to do so. It uh, is. Making fun of Brennan is one of the great funs. <laughs> He's so good natured, though. It's true. I, it's true. I, do. <laughs> I, I, I won't I won't complain about it. So that's one thing that you can actually, do. you know what? I, I realized I'm, I'm going to put a plug for game because uh, okay. if, if you want to have player contributions going into your setting, um, which you should because that's awesome, but you want to do it in a way that's actually fast and light enough that you can do it with a group. There's this amazing game out there that maybe you've heard of uh, called mm. Mortal Coil, <laughs> which to this day has the best system for getting players to declare things about the setting that I have ever seen. I'll, I'll greatly, greatly abbreviate it, but the short form is that when the GM or the players make an assertion about the setting, the other side has the opportunity to add a qualifier, which is to say, um, in fact, I think the one that this was introduced to me with was when Fred played it in, in the very, very early stages. Um, the assertion was Baba Yaga is, rule, is bound by the rules of hospitality which was Fred's declaration, to which Brennan responded with, but only so long as you are as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's <laughs> wonderful. You can introduce anything and just, and you, and you put in a qualifier to bring it in line. It's super, super playable. There's a little bit of a currency system going on beyond it, but that, that simple technology is, is just one of my favorite bits of, of getting player contribution out there. Wow, that's very elegant. I wonder who could have thought of such a <laughs> yeah, elegant, <I> <laughs> classic. Uh, you're making me system. blush. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, Rob. It was really great to have you. Yeah, it sure was. Well, thanks, Dads. It was super fun. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, and I always seen you guys at Metatopia. I hope. Yes, I hope so too. Me too. Excellent. All right, until then. Until then. Well, you've been listening to D&D Dads, a role-playing game advice show for everyone at the table, the parlor, or the dungeon. I've been your dad, Brennan Taylor. And I've been your dad, J.R. Blackwell. Send your questions to askyourdads at gmail.com for advice about playing, running, or writing a role-playing game. Because if we don't know the answer... 
we know someone who does. You can do that thing you've been thinking of. Do it. Do it now. Hush now, darling, dry your eye. It's not forever goodbye. There's no reason to be sad. Come join us next time here on D&D D&D Dads is hosted by Brennan Taylor and J.R. Blackwell and produced by Seamus Ronan. Our original theme music was written and performed by Kate Nix. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at D&D Dads. Rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash askyourdads. Send us your questions at askyourdads at gmail.com.